welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary for Saturday the 5th of August 2017. So a bit of a mixed week, we're really into the middle of the summer holiday now and I haven't written my 5,000 words this week, that's because they're scheduled in for Saturday this week. So Saturday I will be writing, hopefully, 5,000 words. Now I'm recording this on Thursday night because I was supposed to be doing a corporate training on Friday. That training has been moved into September, which frankly suits me more. It's given me another day out with the family. So, so long as it doesn't pour with rain, and frankly, I'm not holding my breath at the moment. The weather in the UK this summer has been pretty poor as far as uh, rain is concerned. I'm, I'm hoping we'll go for a day out tomorrow. But if we don't go for that day out, I might write and then knock it on to Saturday. So we're really playing you know, sliding squares here. It's like a game of Tetris trying to get everything into place. But I, I'm as keen as I can to go out with the family during the holiday when I can get those times. But I do need to write 5,000 words this week. It's on the schedule for Saturday. After I spoke to you last week for the diary, I wrote 500 words of the beginnings of a short story. Now, I think I probably explained to you this was for an anthology that uh, Craig Martell, who is a very successful author, he's part of the 20 Books to 50K uh, group, he's putting together an anthology. And I think one of the things they do, which I think is brilliant, is they, they get this collection of really big established writers and they, they let um, newer writers, unknown writers in as well. So I thought I'd have a pitch at that. So I wrote my, my 500 words. I've got the idea. I mentioned that in last week's diary. And, and, and so the, I wrote the words and 500 words, you know, normally I write over a thousand words an hour, but of course, 500 words for a short story. You don't just write that in an hour. You take slightly longer to write that because you, you've only got those 500 words to, to make your pitch. So I did this on Saturday. I, I knew the story well and I went for a policy of, you know, putting as much in there. I thought, well, if Craig's going to read this, he he needs to get. I need to get my claws into him in terms of the plot. So it was quite um, quite heavy, in, you know, in terms of as he called them tendrils. So I sent this thing off at about. I think it went off about seven o'clock in the evening. Went to watch some telly. Um, came out for a quick sort of break halfway through it to say goodnight to the kids. And then I got Craig's reply already, which was a dear John. So I've I've never had a knockback quite that fast. It was a very nice dear John. And um, it obviously gave lots of you know practical advice. But I have to say, you know, having having sort of written this and think, oh, it's a good, a good story. This I like this. I gave it to given it to my wife and said, read that through. Is that all right? And she said, oh, I like, you know, I like this. Or you know, I'm looking forward to, to reading this because it, it's 500 words of an 8,000 word story. And then to have that boomerang come back within two hours with a, a no, thank you very much, and here are the reasons why. I <laughs> I have to say, did slightly impair the end of the film. Um, and, and you do think, you know, it, it always knocks me back. My, my reaction when I get a knockback and, you know, like you, I'm sure I, I've had a lot of them, um, is, uh, I, I'm not good at getting a knockback. So I sort of, you know, take the blow. It knocks me back. I go through a period of thinking, you know, I really I must be rubbish. My writing must be, you know, a, a pile of doodah. You know, I'm not a good writer. I'm not going to be able to do this. I go through all those things when I get these knockbacks. Think, you know, is anybody ever going to bite on this stuff? Am I wasting my time? I go through all those thoughts. And I think my the reason that I keep going is that at least I have this, I seem to have this ability after that, that sort of 
um, hanging your, your head in your hands and, and, and licking your wounds. I, I seem to have this ability to just keep getting up and doing it again. Um, but I won't pretend that when I take the knock, I feel the knock. Um, and I'm not, I'm not very good at that. I, w- I wish I could just, you know, literally absorb the punch and just keep going. But that isn't the sort of person that I am. So I will go through all this. You know, I'm a rubbish writer. I'm not going to be able to do this. You know, am I just embarrassing myself and humiliating myself with this? I go through all those things. Uh, and then usually I go to bed the next morning. I wake up and it's like, ding, and I'm off again. You know, I'm, I, I'm ready to go again. Um, so it's not even a long time. It does, my recovery time is very short. It's usually go to bed, wake up, and I'm good to go again. Um, but it does, it does hit me. What I'd like to do, I mean, I'd, I'd like to do, whether you feel the same thing you know maybe you think my turnaround time is very quick but it doesn't really take me more than overnight I think it's fair enough you know I go to bed I to be honest with you overnight sorts everything for me so if I've had a bad day really I just need to go to my bed early I wake up and I'm I'm good to go the next day Um, when they say sleep on it that really does work for me so I don't really you know it's over it's done with now I just sort of think right that's fine that's out of the way what's the next thing that's coming up of course, I was very disappointed, and I would have really liked to be in that um, anthology. I would have really liked to get a bite, but all I could do is is read the feedback. It, um, my strategy had been to pack the 500 words so that when you read that, you thought, oh, there's a load here. I think Craig felt that it was too much. Uh, probably, that, um, you know, my packing it is a consequence of me, um, you know, feeling that I need to make the story you know, go immediately, no no room to let it breathe or anything. I need to let somebody who's reading those 500 words know that this story's going to hit really fast. Now, if I were writing that as a longer book, or if I weren't pitching with the 500 words, of course I would have let that breathe. But Craig's, you know, essential criticism was that there are too many tendrils for an 8,000-word story, which is, which is fine. And, of course, I don't write shorter stories. You know, I write uh, complex isn't the word, but I write reasonably complex, layered books that's what i like reading that's what i write um and you know if people don't like that they want something simpler that, that, that that's fine my books won't be for them but i like all the little twists and turns and side alleyways and things so i'd set those up now i have to say um i like the story uh and i want to write it so although the 500 words got knocked back uh, that is going to surface at some point and it is built into the word of the world of the secret bunker so while all the events in the secret bunker are going on which take place well largely on earth and a bit in space this is something that's going to take place out in space so um, I, I like the setup for the story so i'm going to write it over my normal 50,000 words and it might be the next sci-fi book um because i've i've planned it out i know what's going to happen in the story uh, although of course at first it was going to be 8,000 words i need it to go to 50 um, but there's plenty in there and it could be the beginning of a series it would be the first book in a series so I'm quite keen to write it I did like the story I did like the characters um, but obviously it was a knockback on this occasion back we go try again so not a huge amount of direct writing news this week uh, lots of general news though I have joined the International Thriller Writers Association or whatever it's called um, I heard uh, Joanna Penn she goes to the event in, in New York and she was saying that George R. R. Martin is appearing next year. And uh, as I'm writing thrillers now, I thought, well, let's join this uh, for a year, see how it pans out, see if there's any benefit to it. I think it was about £75 by the time the, the dollars were converted. And I've got the same attitude 
with this as I have with the Society of Authors, which I also joined, which is I'll give it a year. I'll see if there's any benefit for me uh, from being a member and I'll either continue it or ditch it. But I just thought I'd try a couple of these societies and see what sort of support, advice, uh, what sort of environment uh, is there and just immerse myself in it for a year and then make the judgment. So that's International Thriller Writers and the Society of Authors. And of course, I'm an ongoing member of the Alliance of Independent Authors. So I'm a member of uh, three societies at the moment, but I think you've got to suck it and see. Uh, my feeling is that probably... I probably want to be a member of one of them. You see, the Society of Authors is really good when you get into contracts and rights and things like that, though you can, of course, access that through the Alliance of Independent Authors. The um, International Thriller Writers was really just a case of me immersing myself in that world of thriller writers, just so that you can pick up on, on the gossip, you know, what's what's being said, what's popular, all, all that kind of industry gossip. But as I say, it doesn't cost a lot. Both of them were under £100. Uh, they're a business expense. They've gone for the year. And I'll make that decision about whether I renew or not at the end of the year. My MailChimp book is out. I think I told you last week that I'd had a formatting issue with it. I've resolved the formatting issue. Um, so it looks beautiful in Create Space now. I sent myself a proof copy. I've got that proof copy. And I think I said to you last week that it had started to sell copies already. I didn't want them to buy them because the formatting wasn't perfect. And um, it's been very interesting, actually. Um, it, it's virtually exactly the same book. It used to be called uh, Email Marketing for Business. That's what I called it originally. And it's pretty well the same book, updated, completely updated. Uh, and because MailChimp has added some new bits in, particularly automations, I've just uh, updated it with the new bits that it's added in to the free account. So it's just a completely completely updated version of what used to be called email marketing for business but I've now called it MailChimp Unboxed. Now interestingly MailChimp seems to be the word that pays because uh, this book um, I haven't done anything with it yet but it's selling it's selling on um, it's selling as a paperback it's you know it's really it's selling as a paperback which is remarkable it's it's £10 as a paperback and it's also selling as a digital book um, on Amazon. So uh, that's very interesting because this is why non-fiction sometimes could be a lot easier than fiction, because clearly the keyword that people must be looking for is MailChimp. People must be looking for information about MailChimp or they wouldn't be finding my book. Now, when I look for the other books on MailChimp, to be honest with you, um, well, you know, I haven't done massive research on this, but they're not very good. They look, you know, the covers are not very good. They don't look very attractive. Um, so there doesn't seem to be an awful lot of competition. Now, with WordPress, there is much more competition. Loads and loads and loads of books on WordPress, but less so on MailChimp. So, you know, it's just interesting because most of us, uh, when we publish books, and, you know, I'm the same with this. You publish a book and you, you have to market it to sell it. This one I literally just published and people are finding it and buying it, which is great. So um, hopefully when I start to market it a bit, we might make a few more sales. But it's nice to have a paperback book selling for £10 um, that people are finding and buying. So I'll keep you in touch with that. But um, it feels nice to have that out there. And you'd also know if you're a listener, a long term listener to this show, that I never get excited about my nonfiction. I should because I, I sell much more nonfiction than I do fiction. And, and my reviews are massively consistent with nonfiction. You know, they're pretty well all five stars. I get the occasional um, four star. And then I think I've had, you know, two, I think I had one guy with the email book saying something about the formatting being wrong, you know, which is just kind of par for the course if people can't make it work or whatever because there was nothing wrong with the format saying I got people to check it um and then I think I think that's it I think there's just that one three star I think which was somebody moaning about the formatting and um, so I wish I wish I could get that consistency in my ratings on my fiction 
So this kind of curse, this albatross, is that um, I, I, I seem to be able to write non-fiction books that people really like and that explain stuff that you might think was complicated, but because I know I, I, I seem to be able to put it over in a way that people understand it and, and like and value. Um, but I don't really want to write non-fiction. But when you see something like that MailChimp book going and you think what an effort you have to make to sell your fiction... I do sometimes wonder whether I'm in, I'm in the wrong genre. I should just, you know, put up, shut up and start writing more nonfiction because it sells a lot easier. I mean, uh, again, I must check this, but certainly until fairly recent, it's probably not the case, actually. It won't be the case now I've I've started writing thrillers. But certainly up to the point at which I wrote thrillers, um, my Facebook book was my best-selling book. It sold, sold the most copies. And, uh, and because it just sold consistently over time, it didn't have any particular peaks and troughs. It just sold consistently. Um, I don't get excited about it. Um, but when you actually look at the, my total numbers, the Facebook book has done really well. So, uh, it's all interesting stuff. And that what I'm, why I'm telling you this is that actually, um, nonfiction is easier to sell. It's easier to sell because people look for keywords. And, um, you know, sometimes as with the MailChimp book, you don't have to even try very hard. So long, if you get the right keyword and people are looking for it, you're off. So um, that's very interesting. I'll keep you up to date with that. I've gone through the books. Now, Dead of Night came out of KDP Select this week. So I've now listed, what have I listed on Kobo? I've listed, um, I can't do WordPress Unboxed yet because I put that in KDP Select, which I hadn't now. But, uh, but I did, so I've got to wait for it to come out. So MailChimp Unboxed and Dead of Night, I have now listed directly on Kobo. Now, um, I've never listed directly on Kobo before. I have, and I've had problems with the listings, um, formatting problems and things like that. And, and to be honest with you, I've been back in the Kobo interface again this week, and it still frustrates me. that I still have frustrations that I don't have with Draft to Digital, and I never have them with KDP Select. Um, so I have had a few frustrations with it this week. It just never seems to work properly. It's like um, I'd, I'd found that I'd listed a book in Kobo uh, that I shouldn't have done. It was on KDP Select, so I needed to delist it very quickly. And it locks me out of delisting it. And you think, you know, what? why Why doesn't this work? It works on one book. It doesn't work on another book. And so I just keep having these annoying problems with the interface with Kobo. Now, I am going to stick with Kobo because I you know I really want to list directly to Kobo, not through Draft the Digital as I have before. And I particularly want to start uh, you know selling in different territories. I love the territories that Kobo allows me to sell in. And I instantly I put Mailchimp on box up, got instantly got a sale in I think it was Canada. And they've got this wonderful map on Kobo where you can see where you're making your sales. And that's what I want. I want to start selling books properly on Kobo so I see the map. And I'm, I am going to commit to Kobo. So, um, you know, again, frustrations with the interface still, but I'm going to grin and bear it because I want to list directly on Kobo all of my books eventually and particularly my box sets because on Kobo, you can sell your box sets at over $9.99 and still take the high commission rates on it. So um, Amazon has this sort of rate. Is it now? Don't quote me on this. It's, is it $1.99 or, or $2.99? I think it's, I think it's, is it up to this? I should know this. I know I should know this. It's 35%. Is it up to $2.99? And then 70%, $2.99 to $9.99. Something like that with the commissions. Then over $9.99, they basically don't want you to price um, over $9.99 with your ebook. So um whereas with Kobo, you can put your box sets and you could charge fifteen ninety nine and still get that higher rate of commission on it. So I want to start um bundling my my big uh, because I, I'm gonna have um four box sets by Christmas and so I want to start doing something with box sets on Kobo. So I am gonna grin and bear it and I'm gonna commit to it and work through those 
teething problems I've got. I also then, so with the MailChimp book and with um, Dead of Night, I also then fed that through Draft Digital. So they're available on, on Barnes and Noble and iBooks and, you know, all the other ones. Is it Ink Terror and all the ones that I never seem to make any sales on? Um, so I am going wide again. And the reason I'm going wide again is although I got lots of page reads for being in KDP Select, you know, I'm, I'm really not a KDP Select kind of guy. I really like to have, I've had a month without having anything come from Draft or Digital because everything was delisted. And I really like getting checks from lots of places. You know, I, I like getting a check. Oh, I've listed also, by the way, on Google Play because I've had an account for some time. Um, I can actually list on Google Play. And again, if you listen to this diary, if you go back a couple of episodes, you'll hear that I hadn't realized I was making money on Google Play. And they recently paid me my first check. So I, I think at heart, um, you know, really, I'm a go wide kind of guy. I like to get checks from different sources. It makes me feel, I guess, more entrepreneurial. Um, if I'm getting lots of checks from lots of different places, so I get checks from Draft the Digital, uh, I get checks from different territories in uh, Amazon. I say checks, I mean bank payments. Um, I get them from Google. And who else? And I want to start getting them from Cobar. I haven't had my first check from Cobar. I'll tell you when that comes when I get my first royalty payment because I've only just listed uh, in Cobar. Um, and, and, and I also think, you know, going forward, it makes more sense to, to, to spread yourself more widely um, because I've been caught like this in my career a couple of times. So when I built my software a couple of years ago on Facebook, um, I, I built the software and we started to sell it. And we had quite a lot of customers. We had about four and a half thousand users, I think, of the software. So we, we had a lot of users on it. And then um, those of you who've been on Facebook for a while will know that um, you used to have this thing called, I forgot what it's called now, an iframe page or something. And you could you could put lovely code in it. And I can't remember what the width was, but the width used to be something like 560 pixels. And then without telling anybody, one day Facebook suddenly decided it's 840 or whatever pixels it changed to. Then all of a sudden, without warning, all of us people who are building software based on Facebook, we all either have to give it up as a bad job or we all have to change our software very quickly. And, and then Facebook kept making changes. And eventually, um, when they moved into the news feed, there was no point doing what I was doing at that point. So I, I had built on somebody else's platform and because they made the rules and I had no say in it, they could completely shaft me as a business. And so bit by bit by bit, businesses who were doing what I was doing, and, and it was a really good thing to be doing a couple of years ago on Facebook, we fell by the wayside. And at a certain point, I said, there's no point doing this now. And I think it was when we got to mobile. I said, you know what? I'm not putting any more money into this. I'm just going to wind this software down. So what I learned from that experience is be careful of building on other people's platforms. It's why I will always say to you, don't get a Wix website, build it in WordPress on your hosting so that you own the website and you can transfer it. It's why I will always, I think, support going wide. Um, you know, unless somebody was giving me a lot of money to do something and I was, I was making so much money on a particular channel that it just was crazy to go elsewhere, but I'd still have my eye on, on what was going on elsewhere. You know, you are very vulnerable. If Amazon changes the rules, we've had this with page reads before. If they change the rules and you, you've, you've built your house on their sand and the sand suddenly starts to turn, turn out to be sinking sand, then you could lose your business. I also knew a lot of people on eBay who got caught like this, you used to be able to sell digital products on eBay. People built up some big businesses there. eBay suddenly decided we're not doing digital products. All those businesses got blown out of the water. So you've got to be really, really careful of building your business on one platform. And I have learned this lesson. And however tempting it is to, to put all my eggs in that Amazon basket, my gut tells me to go wide. However, that might be harder 
Uh, it might not bring as much money in the long term, but I definitely feel that it's a safer option to go wide. Uh, and I, I prefer it. It makes, you know, I just feel better when I've got checks coming in from other sources. And of course, all the bigger checks are coming from Kindle, but that might change in time. There might be a day when those big checks from, come from Kobo. There might be a day when Google finally wakes up and does it properly and Google starts to to do ebooks properly. I mean, my goodness, it has the delivery platform. It has the Android phone. Um, it has the platform there. Um, so they might wake up one day and become one of the big players with ebooks. So I, I've decided to spread my load more and I'm going to, to go wide. And that's going to be my policy um, from now on. And I think, you know, to be honest with you, even if I got a whiff of a publishing deal, you know, I would still put, I would still try a couple of books traditionally. I think I would do that uh, because you need to, try stuff you need to give it a try but i wouldn't go all in unless there was a point at which the deal was so good that you couldn't possibly say uh no to it so that's just a little bit of pontification you know my thoughts about going wide now the other thing that i decided to do because draft to digital and kobo allow you to change pricing in different territories i've introduced another policy which i'm going to try now, there's been a lot about uh, Amazon this week uh, going big in India. Uh, they're obviously playing for the Indian market. They've got a big competition uh, for writers um, who are publishing in India. And I have decided as a strategy now that I am going to use my books in India as a complete loss leader. So I am going to price my books as low as I possibly can always in India just because I want to be discovered in India. Um, so uh, I'm always giving them away for free. That's my policy because I want to be in that market early. Now, you know, I sell probably nothing or very little in India, but uh, that's good to be my strategy. I'm not going to price high and make a profit from it. I'm good to go for discovery in India. Uh, that's good to be my policy. So as low as I can go, as low as they'll let me price, I'm going low in India. I'm also going low um, in, in other markets too, by the way. So my key markets, I make I make roughly 20% of my sales in the UK, roughly 80% in the USA. And I make um, small amounts, you know, in Japan, Australia, uh, Canada, uh, various other territories. Um, but they're, they're, that's not a huge amount in the other territories. Um, so that's roughly how it splits. So my policy in the sort of, I say the more obscure ter territories, I would, you know, I would like to get to China. I would like to get to India. They're massive, massive markets. But at the moment, my policy in those markets where I can is going to be discovery. So I'm not pricing for, for profit. I'm pricing for discovery in those markets. Um, you know, because if you get picked up, if people start to find you and share you, there's potentially a massive market, um, still to play for there. So. That's my strategy. Somebody might make me change my mind, but I just thought might as well. You know, I'm selling nothing there at the moment. I, I'd rather people were consuming my books, sharing them and passing them on, and that they were completely affordable in those emerging markets. So there you go. Um, you, uh, again, for regular listeners of this, um, this diary, um, you will know that I said to you that I'm going to stop entering competitions. And those of you who know that I don't always stick to my word, um, I have entered another competition. Um, it, it's actually, it's actually a good one. Um, it's the Writer's Digest self-published ebook, uh, contest, which I, to be honest with you, I think I've entered for the last three years. Um, and, and it's a good prize. I think it's $5,000. Um, they let you go over to New York to attend their conference. I, I want the prize, frankly. I want, I want to get the prize. 
Um, so I thought, oh, what the heck? And I did, I think I did it on Sunday and I entered it into the Writer's Digest. I've done it a few times. Um, I seem to see, I get a bit of feedback from it as well, which I've always found, um, you know, encouraging and, and useful. So I have entered that uh, Writer's Digest competition. I just did it on spec. I, I print out all the competitions I might be interested. They're on my board just above my head here. And, and that one's been at the front for ages. They keep sending me emails about it. This is the, this is the power of follow up emails, by the way. And I just did the end thought, drop. I want to do this. I like this competition. I'm entering it. So I have entered another competition. I think I'm in for about three at the moment. I have very low expectations. I've entered for the, um, I'm just trying to think what it's called. One in London, the something of London one. And I've only entered that. I think I've had, I've been shortlisted. I think I was in the finals last year. I haven't won it yet. I'm going for a win. And if I ever get a win in this London award, uh, I'll go down to the ceremony because it's a nice night out in London. It's nice and posh, but I'll only do it if I get a win. Um, so I, I keep doing that one as well. There's something else I keep entering as well. Um, so there are a couple that I do want to keep entering, but you know, you have to, you have to have these things because every now and then you get a whiff. It gets exciting. And, um, these, you know, they are competitions that I would like to win, but I don't, I'm, I, I've entered far fewer this year. I'm really not doing many competitions this year. I wanted to let you know that I've been paid the income from my, my, my good month of income. And I just wanted to let you know what that translated to in pounds. So, um, I said to you, I'd, uh, for the first time in my writing career, I, I'd broken the thousand dollar in a month income mark. And then, of course, that gets translated into pounds. And so the, the tally of the, the pound income, I, I didn't count anything else. The pound income from all the different territories that came from Kindle for my, my, my best month. And this is either, this will either be inspirational or depressing to you, depending on where you are in your career. Uh, the income that came into my pocket was £826.39, which is, you know, it's not really an awful lot to show for a three year writing career, is it, as a best month? But, um, I want you, you know, you will be in various places in your own writing careers. Some of you listening to this will be doing far, 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 far better than this. A lot, you know, a lot of you will be writing your first books and wondering what kind of money, um, you're going to make. But that's, um, that paid for. Uh, a very nice weekend. It more than paid for a very nice weekend um, in Spain a couple of weeks ago. Um, and this is another uh, one of my philosophies is that when you have these successes, however uh, small they might be, try and stop along the way to smell the roses and to celebrate the successes because we have a lot of knockbacks too. You know, I had the Craig Martel uh, knockback uh, this week. We have a lot of knockbacks. And I feel that if you don't take anything from it, if, if, if it's just knockback, 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 and you don't take any sort of pleasure from it, and I mean that at any levels, because normally what I do is um, if I finish a book uh, or have a, a good month of sales, I've gone out for a meal. That's that's my traditional way of celebrating. So going to Spain was completely exceptional, but I just wanted to mark that month. And it's not going to be like that this month uh, or, or you know any months in the foreseeable future, uh, not without some promotion and some new things going. Uh, but that was my best month. It makes me want to shed a tear, but I just want you to know the sort of, you know, the context of this, that this is the kind of money that you can make, um, you know, from self-publishing um, as an unknown author. Um, and that and that was a good month. A couple of other things to mention to you. They're all writing related, of course. Um, my mailing list now is, I think it's over, it's 5,030 something, I think it is. going to try, I think, um, to try and get it up towards the 10K mark um, before Christmas, if I can. So I'm taking part in a crime and thriller uh, promotion this week. I'm going to do a couple more Insta freebies. Um, I'm a little bit tied at the moment because my books are in KDP Select and I find that giving away 
Um, when, when my books are in KDP Select, I can give away a 10% sample. They don't really go very well on Insta Freebie, so I'm going to wait till the books are out of KDP Select. Then I'm going to, going to do some more Insta Freebie with the Secret Bunker 1, the Grid 1, and uh, Don't Tell Meg, and probably some of the standalones, and just try and get my list up to 10,000 by Christmas if I can. I've paid for that tier on MailerLite, whatever the tier is, 5,000 to 10,000. So I'd quite like to fill it up um, with subscribers. So I'll talk to you about how I'm doing that in the run-up to Christmas. So where are we now? It's just August. Is it August? Uh, I'm trying to think of the months. What is it? Five months. Yeah? Five months. Is that right? I think it is. Five months till Christmas. So that's about 1,000 a month um, to, to add to that list. So I'll, I'll keep you up to date with that. And that's roughly what I'm aiming for uh, with my mailing list. Um, here's something interesting. Uh, I interviewed Morgan Bailey, who is uh, she does uh, structural edits on books, and she's a writer. Uh, fr frankly, anything to do with books, Morgan's involved in some way. But we did an interview for the podcast, which will appear in a couple of weeks' time, and we were just having a chat, as I tend to do uh, off off the record. And I was just I was moaning about a review that I got on Dead of Night, and it was a one star review from somebody who simply hadn't received their book. Obviously, they messed something up and they didn't get the book, one star. And because I haven't got a lot of reviews on that book, it had dropped the average down. And Morgan had said, if you sort of report that, Amazon will knock it on the head. So I clicked the reporter's, was it abuse, whatever it says? It's not quite abuse. I don't think it says abuse. Reporter's, whatever it says. And, um, and I said, uh, this is a customer service comment. It's not a book review. Uh, it's I'm the author and it's bringing down my review average. Please, would you remove it? And it was gone within 24 hours. And so although I've got a handful of reviews on Dead of Night, the reviews I've got are four and five star reviews. So my average is back to where I want it again. If you're scanning that book, it looks like it's worth getting because it looks, I think the stars look like it's five stars, if I remember rightly. This is just in the UK, by the way. Uh, it's fine in the US. So uh, that was a great tip. Uh, so there's a tip for you if you've got one of those. And it's not just about bad reviews, because in the States, I have a, I've got a two-star review on Dead of Night. And actually, in actual fact, I don't mind it at all, because the person who's reviewing has said, um, you know, it's, it's, it's violence and, you know, kind of chase scenes. And, well, yes, it is. Um, and, and, and so by saying that, what that review effectively does is, is hopefully will put off people who want a Miss Marple mystery, because that's, it isn't that. And so to me, that's a review that, that kind of helps me find the right audience. Um, it might have been written slightly more constructively, but that, that's really what it says. And, um, we were watching a Liam Neeson, Neeson movie the other night. And I said to my wife, well, you know, that's what Dead and I is. It's just wall to wall, you know, action. It's just action all the way. And, um, and, and that's what I wanted with Dead and I. So if you want Miss Marple, you wouldn't watch a Liam Neeson thriller. Uh, and my Dead of Night book is a Liam Neeson thriller. If you, that's where I'm pitching it at. That's what I want it to be. So I don't mind that review if it helps me to find the, the audience more accurately in a more targeted way. But I do mind reviews that just get it wrong. So I'm going to have it. You know that one I was moaning about earlier, the email marketing review, where somebody just is clearly hard of understanding. It, it's not a review on the book. It's just a, you know, I don't know. I didn't like the cover. It's something ridiculous. I'm going to try and get that one removed as well because that you know, also affects the average of the email um, marketing book too. Um, so I'll give it a try and see if it works. But I thought that was just a handy little tip to share. Um, final thing I just wanted to mention is it feels really good. I'll put the screenshots of the books that I've currently got in Google Play 
Um, I've got, I've actually got two other books in Google Play. So I've got using Facebook for business, using webinars for business, uh, MailChimp Unbox and Dead of Night. They're in Google Play at the moment. And I'll put a screenshot on the resources page, um, because it just feels really good to have books on different channels. And I'm looking forward to getting my second Google Play check. Now, if you're a new indie author, um, Google Play aren't accepting new authors. So I'm only in Google Play because I've had an account for some time. So you'll probably find that it's, it's still blocked to you. Um, but that's the reason I'm allowed to list on Google Play because it's quite an old account. Um, so I'm quite lucky in that respect. Okay. That's it for Paul's podcast diary for another week. I will be writing 5,000 words on Saturday. And if I don't write them on Saturday, I'll write them on Sunday. But by the next time we speak, I will have another 5,000 words done of one fatal error, which will bring me up to the 30,000 word mark. I think then um, I'm going into a period of, of great summer holiday disruption. So I don't think I'm writing for a couple of weeks and then I'll come back and finish it off. So it's a little bit odd for me. Always a little bit, I get a little bit nervous when I'm not writing every week. Um, so I think I'm going into two weeks of not writing and then I will come in and make sure it's finished off by the deadline. So not ne never very keen on those times, but that's what happens over summer, of course, with the disruption of every being, everybody being off work. A word of thanks to podcast listeners who have sent me images for Twitter showing where you are listening to the podcast. I'm finding these absolutely fascinating. We're getting a really good collection of these now. So uh, first to arrive was uh, Tim Lewis. And Tim is a previous guest of this podcast. And Tim runs the Begin Self-Publishing podcast, which is a podcast I highly recommend to all listeners of this show. And it's one that I listen to as well. And uh, Tim was listening to the podcast on Saturday on the Tube in London and he sent me a, a photograph from where he was sitting on the tube in London it doesn't look like a bad ride that Tim there's seats to spare on the tube which is not my usual experience when I'm in London and then uh, one that really was very interesting to see again Pip Reed was a previous guest on this show and Pip was doing some work some writing work some uh, website updating during the week and Pip is based in New Zealand and one of the things that really cheered me up, and uh, only because it's been so wet in the UK over the summer holidays, is the fact that Pip's working there and you can see that she's working at her laptop. But on the left-hand side of the picture, uh, you've got the, the uh, wood burner by the looks of it going. There's a roaring flame there uh, because it's a chilly winter evening in New Zealand. So when you always think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, it might be rainy in the UK, but I haven't had to put the heating on yet. And certainly not had to put the gas fire on yet so poor old Pip is there working with the fire on because it's winter in New Zealand so I found that very encouraging being in the UK and then also just just in the nick of time uh, Nathan Burrows who's started to listen to the show and, and very kindly uh, tweets uh, feedback uh, Nathan had just been for a, an hour-long run listening to the interview with myself and Meg uh, Cowley who was uh, Monday's guest and uh, I think Nathan saves the podcast for his runs. And he'd just been for this hour-long run and said that he'd been listening to the podcast. And I said, oh, send me a photo. And Nathan has sent me a photograph of himself at the end of the run. And I have to say, if you've been running for an hour there, Nathan, you look at a lot better Nick than I would after I've been exercising. And, and by the way, just to update you on that, I did say that one of my aims this quarter uh, was to exercise again. I'm not quite at the level that Nathan is at at the moment. And incidentally, check out Nathan. It's Nathan Burrows on Twitter because Nathan is just in the process of writing. Well, I think, Nathan, uh, forgive me if I've got this 
wrong, but you're writing your first book at the moment and seem to be doing really well with it from your Twitter posts. Um, so do have a, a look at what Nathan's up to. He's another new author listening to the podcast. But um, I am keeping up my exercise. So again, um, at the time of recording this, I've done my three exercise routines for the week. What I'm trying to do is just get that habit back over the summer holidays. And what I'm doing is I'm tending to exercise on the three days that I'm in the office because no one's up at that time. And I got the house to myself, shower to myself, all of these things. And it's working really well. So, so far, um, we've got six exercise days in over this summer holiday. And I'm really, really intent on keeping that up uh, or exceeding it. Uh, I set the target to do twice, exercise twice a week. So I'm one above. Three is a nice little number for me. I quite like to exercise three times a week. So I hope to keep that up. I'm really adamant that I want to keep that up over the summer holiday and get that exercise routine back again and I love it to be honest with you, I love exercising because it gives me a great opportunity as Nathan has been doing when I exercise I listen to podcasts and to audios and since I stopped exercising I haven't shifted as nearly as many as I would like to so um, you know it's just a really good way of of keeping fit and also keeping up to date with all the latest changes by listening to podcasts and I have one of these audible uh, subscriptions. It just renewed this year. I think I get I go for the 24 ebooks a year. And as I'm listening to podcasts, when I hear people that I respect and listen to uh, recommend something, I just download it straight away on Audible and I listen to it as soon as I can. So exercise helps me to shift all this audio that I've got to shift. Okay, well, that is it for this week's podcast diary. Thank you very much for listening. I hope your own writing journey is going very well. And I must tell you about my guest on Monday. Uh, this is Monday, the 7th of August. My guest is James P. Sumner. Now, James is another person that I met at the um, Amazon Masterclasses. Well, they're not Masterclasses, were they? Whatever they were, the Amazon events that I did. And I met James in Manchester. And um, he's a thriller writer. And we met, he introduced himself. And I said, I must talk to you for the podcast. We finally got the date sorted. And James um, has, a, has just a brilliant, has the best way so far that I've heard of starting his indie author career. It's both outrageous and hilarious. So make sure make sure you listen to that to hear how James got his first book written. It's just very funny. Um, it, it really surprised me when he told me, but it really is cheeky and funny. But uh, James has had amazing success. But he's one of these authors who's managed to quit his job, who is earning not a zillion dollars a month, but he's earning plenty to be able to quit the day job. And I think actually this is the sort of level that most of us aspire to. Although it's always very nice to be a multimillionaire and have zillions of, of pounds coming in. Uh, you know, most of us in the first instance just aspire to be able to bring in enough, you know, plenty of income to replace our, our day job if we have a day job. And, and James has done that with his writing now. He's on his fifth novel. He's a member of the Crime Writers Association. He is a winner of the 2015 Kindle Scout program. Uh, he got a publishing contract with one of Amazon's imprints and then wait for it, he cancelled it. He, he asked Amazon if he could come out of that contract. So why would you do that when it sounds like the dream? James will explain everything in my next podcast, which is episode 75, would you believe, on Monday the 7th of August. That's me done for this week. I will be writing another 5,000 words on Saturday. Hopefully by the time we speak next week, I'll be up to 30,000 words of one fatal error. I hope whatever you're doing this week in your writing journey, I hope you have a great week of writing. And I'll speak to you next Saturday. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update. 
and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.